0: You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. It's 5 o'clock in the morning. You've just pissed on a dumpster. It's Miller time. He got hit. Look at the finish out.
1: Planets all over. Chris High fly ball
0: into right field. She is done. In your life, have you seen anything like that? You believe in miracles? Yes. The return to glory. We
1: will not be intimidated. We will not back down.
0: Oh, let's go, Idaho! Uh, why Idaho, specifically, Dak?
1: I couldn't think of shit else in the moment, so we went with Idaho because it rhymed. Welcome to the show of shit botchery.
0: Well, yeah, this is is usually what it it devolves to at some point. Uh, Normally, it's a little bit later in the episode, but as Dex said, welcome to the show. Uh, We are happy that you're here. This is the place that you come to get all the beer, uh, all the life, and all the sports that you can handle. Uh, so we're, uh, we're excited. It's, it's, uh, later than we normally record. So more beers have been consumed and which means that our quality can only go up. Right. Yep. Started from the bottom. Now we're drunk. Uh, I'm excited. I'm exactly. glad to be here.
1: I think we, I think we've got a bunch of fun stuff to talk about. It's been a pretty busy week for both of us. I, I did. I had a hell of a weekend, me and big rich and, our better halves went to uh, Turnpike Troubadours concert, our favorite band of all time. It was an absolute shit show, but it was the greatest thing of all time. Uh, so super glad we got to see those guys. And then uh, crazy ass story happened afterwards. So the ladies go to bed. Me and old Big Rich are like, "Well, guess we're going to drink another beer too." And so we go down. Uh, it's pretty late, so we just go down to the hotel. Um you know, bar there and whatnot. And so fast forward, just a bunch of bullshit talking. And then about an hour into this thing, uh, we get mistook for the Kelsey brothers. And so I shit you not, like, I don't know how dumb people are in America. Like I get it. Like I'm a tall dude that has a beard and I'll give big, rich credit. Like if he had someone professionally do his eyebrows and, and grew, you know, probably four or five inches would look scary like travis kelsey but nonetheless dude like legitimately and i said nothing i did not i did not say that i was i just sat there and drank my miller light and had conversations and people like bought us beer like that's how du- like the, google search it i've got two sleeve tattoos and, and like what do you think the the kelsey brothers like you think he grew two inches on his beard right after he won the super bowl like no dude just like do yourself a Google search. And you would have been like, Nope, that's not him. But yeah, this dude across the bar was like, Oh, Kelsey brothers. And he was just totally bullshitting this other guy he was sitting next to. And I shit you not before it was over, uh, I had a free Miller light in front of me. So I, I won't hate on that part, but crazy, crazy story. So me and big rich, you know, by the end of it, um, pretty deep, probably stumbled back to the room about, about three, three twenty in the morning. So it was a heck of a weekend, uh, one to remember for sure.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. Um, obviously, I mean, if you've been to an NFL game, I mean you're a tall guy, you're like six three, six four, but like there's a difference between like normal people height and build and NFL player height and build. Like when you stand around or you see them live, even if you go to a college football game, like they're built like a brick shit house and it doesn't matter what position they play in so uh, yeah I I I guess you're sitting down or whatever so maybe they got you got that going for you yeah I look like if Jason Kelsey
1: I'm I'm 6'4 250 for reference so I look like if Jason Kelsey said fuck it that was my last Super Bowl and then drank 600 beer that's where I am so I could see where someone like you know, with 2400 vision would go, that's a tall son of a bitch. (laughs) And he's pretty wide and he has a beard and and that's about it. But
0: (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Well, people are crazy as we talked about in our last episode.
1: I walked in. I'll say I walked in the next morning because you know we drove around the city and whatnot. Came back to get my second vehicle, and I walked in, and the the bartender that was there, I walked in and immediately, like in front of like twenty five people, she was like, "Oh, you son of a bitch!" And I was like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I had nothing to do with this." So it was a fun time. It was it was uh
0: interesting nonetheless. There you go. And uh, Turnpike's a good. Good crew, so uh, can't go wrong listening to them. They haven't toured in a while, so good that you were able to catch it. Yep, yep.
1: Well, um, beyond that, there is tons of sports going on. So we actually do have a little football to talk about, but um, I don't know. Where do you want to start? You want to dive into a little basketball?
0: Yeah, let's do. Let's let's hit the basketball because that's kind of get gets the blood going. We got some. We got some uh, stuff to get off our chest. Yeah.
1: I will say, so credit to Dame, uh, 71 points. He's only the eighth player in NBA history to drop 70 plus. Hell of a night. That was it's phenomenal to see that, you know. Like there I, I can't think of too many times in my life where I've I've seen someone put away that many points. Just magic with the ball. It doesn't matter where they are on the floor, it doesn't matter if right. they get a, you know, a, a screen or not, like one on one from the, the half court line, like the ball goes in and that was Dame. it was crazy to see. And it was, it was, I don't know, you know, uh, maybe that's a a question that we can pose to each other tonight is it's easy to go, Oh man, we won't see 71 for a while, but whatever. I think we've seen two 70 plusers this season, maybe. Um, So is that, you know, obviously we've had a hundred point game in the past. We've had, you know, Kobe drop a, a shit ton and a half. Is it recency bias, and we're like, oh, well, this is too. The NBA changing, or is it the NBA's changing and it's softer and baby shit?
0: Yeah, I, I always um, I always struggle like trying to do the comparison between generations, right? Because there's so much that goes into it. Obviously, uh, there's just generally like the the style of game is different than it was, you know, back in Jordan's time. It's much more I guess uh, much more office, uh, excuse me, offense like focused, uh, a lot less on defense. So I don't necessarily want to say it's just simply because, or not that you're saying that, but I don't want to lean it on. Oh, it's just that's the way things are now. Because, like you said, that's a hell of a hell of an achievement. But I mean, there's definitely something with, especially you know, people getting to the foul line all the time there's definitely something that the nba struggles with is just as you said how like soft and you know weak it is plus on top of that you know dame going can drop 70 and then he can sit out two or three games cuz he's doing you know his that's a request, rest and then you know can, can get back to 100 110% and then go out and 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 give it his all again whereas in previous generations there was no such thing as spacing it out in between games. Yeah, I mean, not
1: every game matters in the the grand scheme of the NBA season now, and we know that. So that's that's a fair point. You got to play the strategy there. I don't know. I'm I'm on the side of softer than baby shit. You know, uh, I I brought this up a bunch, but you know, I was never like a team player. But I've played basketball my whole life. I've played pickup since the time I can remember grabbing a ball. And you just don't see that shit. You know, you see the guys in the street and it's like, you play, you play basketball, you leave bleeding, you know, you put everything out there for even a pickup game. And then these guys sit out It's you know, it's hard to, to compare there. And so um, specifically like the other night, um, you know, I'm not a big Westbrook fan. I'll say, I'll be the first to say that. But when the Clippers played the Nuggets the other night and Westbrook got called for a technical for basically, encroaching into the three-point shooter space so he shot shot the ball the shooter i can't remember his name but he he has a natural shoot the ball kind of ease forward over the three-point line kind of thing you know he jumps forward a little bit westbrook was not dirty in intentions just played the ball honestly didn't even get close to him um they step on each other's feet he gets called for a flagrant and i I like you know, shame on me for not knowing the rules, I guess, in recent times, but I'd never seen that. And I was just like awestruck that they called that a technical. And then it was, uh, it ended up being a four point play. And it's just yeah. like, no, man, like you help the guy up and you go, you know, whatever. And maybe it is a foul, like if he got, he got the shooter's hand or hit his foot or whatever, but a flagrant for that shit. I mean, it's, it, it's almost laughable at this point.
0: Yeah. And, it, it, honestly, I think it probably that leaks into the culture of one or the two. It kind of feeds itself, right? It's kind of a self licking ice cream cone. You've got players that don't want to play the full season, and when they are playing, then you got those kind of really soft calls. And, and Charles Barkley was on uh, Stephen A. Smith today, and he was talking about. We posted it on our on our uh, Instagram. Talking about like players getting going to get paid, you know, $70 million, but then they're throwing a fit about going to work four days a week. And his, you know, his point was the people that are watching them play are going to work at a minimum five days a week, you know, and they're not getting, uh you know, this like special, you know, flying private, getting special treatment, top medical teams in the world that get to wait on them hand and foot. They're just oh, going you? And putting in a day's work.
1: Yeah. Mind you, all the pride of being on TV and, and family recognition and, oh, yeah, the money and, oh, yeah, like all of this pampering. And the, the biggest thing for me would be, well, maybe the money, but second biggest thing for me would be you get to play a sport for a living, dude. I shit you not. And I stand by these words. You hand me 70 million dollars. I will let you chop my fucking arm off right now. Like, done. And, uh, it doesn't even have to be clean, baby. Like you can take a minute with
0: it. Seventy million dollars, yeah,
1: done, done.
0: Yeah, I mean, and you know, I see it also from the uh, athlete standpoint of I want to be at my best whenever I'm on the court. I got to look out for myself, but I think there's a balance there, and really, you don't. I mean, you this the NBA is really the only sport where this seems to be a continual issue. And I think if the NBA wants to change its culture going to uh, stuff that we've talked about, kind of getting it back to leadership, if they want to get away from the flopping, if they want to get away from the from the sitting out games, get away from the, the cheap, like, bullshit calls, this is probably something they need to address and say, hey, no, there is a, you know, there's a minimum standard that you have to do or, you know, change it kind of from the bottom up. But right now the culture is basically we make up. He's like fake beefs. Uh, we walk in the stadium in the, our crazy ass clothes and we play however much we want to play. And then we get paid like bank. And that's yep. kind of the NBA rolled up into in a nutshell.
1: But I will say, why is the NBA able to do that? Cause people buy the jerseys and go to the games and watch them on TV. True. So we lick the ice cream cone first
0: consumer society. And that's definitely true, but I will. So you posed a question earlier and, uh, all we can go throw it out now is what's the best thing that you like go completely changing topics in, in sports. What's the best thing you like about hockey? And the reason that I like hockey so much is the exact reason why I despise the NBA is because players, have this you can feel this like pride that they have for being able to be in the position they're in and by the way NHL players are making fucking peanuts compared to what the NBA is and NHL players do not make that much money they are well paid athletes but on the scale of athletes they're very low so they're they're getting out there and these dudes are laying it on the line time in and you know at time and time again i was watching a game last night watching the the oilers bruins game oilers defender takes three straight pucks to the calf like blocks one shot second shot hits him in the leg third shot hits him in the leg this some bitch is basically on crutches with his stick and he will not go off the ice like he doesn't fall down like he doesn't fall down and make it where they have to stop play no he's limping his ass around trying to make a play and that's just the way hockey is that's the culture of hockey and that is uh, that is something that is more in tune with who i am than the flopping and all that kind of bullshit
1: yeah i was gonna say that may not resonate with everybody but that's definitely a dac and dave thing like we we play for the pride of it we lay it all out there for you know, the the name on the back of the jersey or or what it represents. But yeah, I, I do. I love that about hockey and, and all the respect in the world to those dudes. It'll be like, oh, so-and-so is out four weeks for unspecified lower leg injury. And then like some bit shattered a femur and you're like, oh God, <laughs> you find out at the end of the season. So yeah, props to those dudes. Um, that's like, if you had to pick one, like your number one reason you tune into hockey, that's just the the heart of the players. That's where you're going with.
0: Yeah, it's just like the fact that if I that yeah, the fact that if they touch the goalkeeper, they touch the goalie, they're getting cross checked by a defender. Yeah. Like that kind of shit just fires me up, and I'm and that that's the stuff that's like, oh, you you laid this hard hit on one of my players, I'm fucking putting you in the boards. Like, and I, I don't know, that's, that's stuff I like, but I will pitch it over to you, Dak. I, I'm hopefully didn't steal too much of your takes. No, I no, imagine no, we're probably pretty close.
1: I will. I, well, so that's like maybe an overarching theme. And I completely agree. Like I tune into hockey to watch a, a high pace energy game with, with grown ass men that want to fight each other and win. And, you know, the W is just as important as anything else. Team ro- t- team Rottery. Team camaraderie, the, the whole nine. So, team camaraderie. I kind of like that. I'm gonna stick with this. hey,
0: you, yeah, new T-shirts, team shirts, stack right and Dave, team team camaraderie.
1: There you go. Um, if I had to say like my favorite thing, like just what what tickles the old pickle on the NHL, nothing to me beats a shootout, dude. I love a shootout. I mean, like I'll, have I've gotten to this thing where I try to watch as many games as I can, obviously, but. If it's even remotely close in the third, I will switch over to to watch the end of the game. Just praying that they go to overtime and then like quite the opposite. I'll lose a bet. Like I don't even care who I bet on. If it's like four to three. No, if it's like tie game going towards the end of overtime and somebody's got a breakaway and I'm like, oh, fucking trip, fall down, don't score. There's 38 seconds left. I need this shootout. I love a shootout. I think it just embodies, you know, the sports of it. Uh, It's one-on-one, me versus you. I got your number, bitch. And then, you know, you go from there. Like, when we saw the six shootout overtime a week or two ago,
0: just freaking money. Yeah, and the only thing that's a close second to that is three-on-three hockey in overtime. and That's fair. Again, to the NHL's credit, if you haven't watched hockey, it has not always been three on three. It used to be straight up five aside, and then it went down to fours, and now they've taken it down to threes. And the reason why they do that is because it's fucking fun to watch. Because it is just like them, like breakaway after breakaway, and goalies are making incredible saves like yeah, and they're getting did better. against the stars. Yep. I mean, it just like mind-blowing saves to keep their team in it. And then you know, it goes down to the wire. So I'm with you. I'm about it, dude. That's it fires then, me up.
1: And then maybe, you know, right after that, we like fights too. So you get a breakaway goal. You fight each other and punch each other in the mouth. And then you have a shootout. I mean, you throw a Miller Lite in there and that's pretty close to a damn perfect night for old back and Dave.
0: So. Yeah. Well in the NHL news. So staying there as uh, we are going forward, we got, really like a third of the season left before we get into the playoffs. Things are starting to narrow down, but trade deadline trades are happening. And the biggest thing out today is Patrick Kane goes from the Chicago Blackhawks to the New York Rangers uh, as they continue their drive towards the NHL playoffs. Um, they The Rangers kind of get them for a song here, and I want to get your thoughts. So this is not like – they get, you know, the Blackhawks get like five first-round draft picks for the next 20 years. They get a conditional second-round draft pick and a conditional fourth-round draft pick for the 2023 draft, and those get upgraded to a first and a third if the Rangers make the conference championship. Yeah, But that's it. Just just straight up. And basically, Kane wanted this to happen, made, waived all the stuff in his contract so this would happen. And uh, he's headed to the Rangers. So I want to get your thoughts.
1: Yeah. So I I think you kind of alluded to a a couple of important points there. Uh, He waived his no movement clause for who? Only the
0: Rangers. (laughs) Exactly.
1: So this was like, I'm going there nowhere else. And then the second big point there is Kane's been at Chicago his entire freaking career, 15 years, I think. Um, Yeah. And he, you know, he's got a couple of cups there. And so for him to leave this foundational legacy that he has with Chicago is huge. And for him to pinpoint one team, it almost points to like this super dynasty, like, Hey, now is now the Rangers must win. They obviously have a phenomenal goalie. They've got some other talent. They just picked up Vladimir. Um, and so is this like the, the freaking Rams, you know, is this like, Hey, we have to get it done this year or we don't get it done. Um, So the, the Rangers add quite a few projected points to their, their total this year, they're already a pretty damn good team. And so where will they go?
0: Yeah. And they're in a conference as as we talked about last week, the Western conference is, um, a tight race, but it's nothing compared to like the beast that the East is. Yeah. And they are, you know, the point total, like, uh, if the Rangers were in the Western Conference, they'd be the number one team in the Western Conference, and they're third in their division. So in the who, Metro, who are they so... behind? Canes and <coughs> Devils. Okay. And and the Devils also on top of that. Devils added some great players during the the deadline as well, and have have been a great young team. But I agree it 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 kind of this one. Not that the Rangers don't have young talent, because they definitely do. But it this does kind of uh, kind of um, feel like a Rams. Hey, let's get everything we can together. Let's pull in Matt Stafford. Let's let's pull in you know all this talent and let's just see if we can make a run. And then lo and behold, they end up winning the Super Bowl. Uh, obviously, the Rangers made it to the conference championships last year. It's lost um, trying to make that uh, that run happen. Uh, but the, you know, again, the East is is crazy and so they are going to need all of the help they can get to get there wise wise move in your eyes I think so for what they did I know that they had originally been looking at Kane earlier um and then the price tag was too high Chicago wanted too much for him and the Blackhawks to Kane's credit the Blackhawks are the last in the division so he's not going to the playoffs anytime soon. And for him, he's, you know, he's an older guy. He's, you know, he's been in, he's 33, I think 30. No, he's older than that. He's in his mid thirties. So he's been Math. in for a while, struggled with some injuries issues. Yeah. You know what? Uh, so all I know is one, two, three beer, you know? Uh, um, oh, yeah. and so I, I think it is, if you're going to only going to get this guy for a second and a fourth round pick, let's do it. Let's give it a run. Uh, You know, it adds, uh, he's done pretty well this year, 63. He projected to get 63 points total. He's got like 18 goals. So, uh, yeah, why not? Uh, So they ended up, they actually ended up getting Vladimir Tarasenko because they didn't think they were going to get Kane, and now they get Kane too. So it's kind of a a big win. And then, honestly, I want to get your thoughts on this. It's kind of a middle finger to Chicago from Kane. And maybe because he wanted to get traded and they had the price tag too high, he literally waived everything and his his no movement clause only for the Rangers, meaning that the Rangers had no competition in the market to drive up the price point. So he gets away pretty much not for free, but for a pretty cheap price. And it's almost like a, hey, I told you I wanted to leave. I've been here for a long time. You wouldn't let me leave. So now I'm going to leave and I'm going to leave you way worse than you would have been if you had just traded me earlier.
1: That's a that's a hot take there to think that. I mean, I definitely could see it. I don't know. I I won't speculate either or it's either that or he's like the Kevin Durant of ice hockey. And he's like, hey, I got one more in me, boys. Let's let's fucking send it to the road uh, build me a super team and I'll do what I can. So yeah, either or, but you're right. I mean, they, they back against the wall kind of situation for Chicago. And so he's outie. Yep. Well, you mentioned, uh, one, two, three beer. And so I think it's probably an appropriate time to switch from Miller lot to our, uh, our classy beer of the week. So I hear you crack it. That looks like that's either a Shiner or a Voodoo based on the wrapper.
0: It's a Shiner. So Dave is in the. uh, There's there's only so many like burnt orange colors of beer there. And I don't drink burnt orange anything. I don't touch burnt orange anything. Although, you know, my wife is like she really likes orange for like fall. She's huge into like fall and stuff like that and she gets burnt orange baby. shit all the time and it's like every time she does I'm like what are you doing? She's like I got this nice comforter for our bed. It looks like fucking burnt orange. She's like no it's not it's like regular you know it's like whatever light brown or something like that. Like no it looks burnt orange. I'm not sleeping on that. Of course I'm sleeping on it. She's not <laughs> taking it back. It's not, she's like she's going to be like you know 13 years she's going to be like you know what honey you're so right let me just take this back to the store and exchange it for a new one. No, she's going to be like, this Well, is- guess you're fucking sleeping on the couch, bitch. So, uh-
1: <laughs> okay. So tell me about your shiner that's not burn orange, damn it.
0: Yeah. But I digress. Uh, so I am in the clean the fridge out mode. Oof. Yeah. So these are all the beers that I tried earlier in the year. Probably didn't bring them on the podcast because they weren't good. But it's like today this this today and this week's been kind of a week where you just fucking, you know, you hold your nose and you just gut it, put it down the old gullet. So uh sure. Let's uh so I have several beer. Let's see, number one, this is the a pumpkin ale. <laughs> That's like, just like straight up like a like a pumpkin spice latte with carbonation. And this is, I don't know why I got this. This is a trail mix inspired ale from Shiner. Shiner oh, makes some it, great beer. Is it not good? I saw it. I wanted to get it. Dude, it tastes like booty hole and not in the good way. Which, you know, if we had a quote, probably for this segment that we do with beer, that is probably one of the, it's either mouthfeel or this tastes like booty hole, but not in a good way. That is probably really? one of our quintessential ones. Maybe we can put that on the T-shirt, the other T-shirt. We'll give you a choice. We had, what you, would you say earlier? Frickin' remember? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Team Versity. No, no, no. No, it's gone. Well, you could have had the T-shirt if we would have remembered it to the end of the podcast, but we didn't. Anyways, but the other T-shirt that we have, the other two T-shirts that we'll have is one would be mouthfeel and the other one will be – it tastes like booty hole and not in a good way. And this one is not in a good way.
1: Hey, for 15% off, you can get both those quotes on one T-shirt together.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's just like, God, it tastes like they – they threw chocolate and raisins and like, it's just chocolate nuts, dried fruit. Like, it's is it too like, much?
1: Is it light or is it dark? Is it no, like more no, of a?
0: It's kind of a, it's kind of an amber. Nah, it's a little bit darker than an amber. So it, it's definitely a a darker ale. It's just not like you. You tried to do too much. All right, Dak, I hope that your beer is a lot better than mine. So I'm just going to throw it over to you. What are you drinking tonight? Hopefully it's better than the trail ale. Uh,
1: it, mm, meh, mm, probably not. Um, well, as yours, uh, mine also has nuts in it. Uh, not the mouthfeel tonight, though. So this is a Piney River Brewing Company um, out of Missouri it is the black walnut. And the reason that I like this beer, uh, not necessarily for the taste. So it's an ale, but it is harvested with like actual wild black walnuts, which I think is super cool. Like if you're, if you need a hobby, like go make some beer and then you want to get freaky with it. Go find some shit to throw in there. I've made Fruity Pebble beer. I've found stuff to throw in my beer. I'm all about that. Good thing about beer is uh, as long as it's sanitized and, you know, consumable on a normal basis, it can go in beer. Uh, And then you'll know when it's not bad because it'll taste like sickly, just complete ass. And you're like, oh, that beer is ruined. And then you pour it out and you try again. Doesn't cost you a ton. You're right back in the game trying some new weird shit. And so I'm sure that was the thought process of Piney River here. They're like, hey, we're in an area of Missouri that's got some black walnuts. stone throw it in a beer and see what she's got. And so I applaud them for this. Uh, this is probably a, a one and done beer for me. Uh, luckily, it was a single. So I just have the one. It's, uh, it's an ale. It's drinkable like four and a half percent. But it's not one that you just want to write home about or crush or, you know, drink six of. It's, it's got a very unique taste to it. Yeah, I, I, I'm at a loss for words, and that usually doesn't happen when describing beer. But I, I'll leave you with that. It's light. It's got like a off-sour-ish kind of note to it. I'll finish it. Uh, and I'm not like Dave here, who will be drinking like toilet water ale. And he's like, we've got to push through, boys we got to finish this shit. We don't pour out beer in the Dave household. So, uh it's decent. I'll probably give it like a 30.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, I you know, I, you know, Sue me. I just don't like to waste stuff. I you know, that's why I eat leftovers and I get uh chastised by my family for like eating leftovers for like 4 days of the same shit and they're like, "Aren't you tired of that?" I'm like, yeah, but I Got to eat it, you know. Kids in Africa, you know. Anyways, <laughs> all right. Moving quickly on. <laughs> um, Talking about families, I will pitch this to you. You brought this up as a definitely maybe and uh, could potentially get us in trouble. So why not just send it? Um, yep. And make sure I get the question right. What are you afraid to do in public that your wife is not afraid to do?
1: Okay, yeah, I'll I'll take that verbiage. Okay, so story time, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Mad props to my wife. So this weekend, the, the four of us went to see the concert, as I spoke of earlier. And before that, we went to a restaurant. At the restaurant, it was like a sardine can. There, The line was just almost out the door. You were standing there, nut to butt, waiting for the table. It's not a huge restaurant. And we're like, well, shit, guys, we, we Ubered here. We got to eat now or we're not eating because concerts start soon, blah, blah, blah. And so we're like, man, we may not get a table. What do we do? And so me, I'm like, well, yeah, we, uh, we got to ride her out. I don't know. We eat some chips and salsa or something or, you know, get a hot dog at the the arena. Well, what do you mean? What do we do? So next thing I know, my awesome ass wife takes this menu and she goes and walks over to the waitress. Like she has a question about what's on the plate or what's on the menu. And she looks at her all inquisitive and she goes, I'll pay you $20. I'll Venmo you $20 right now if you seat us next. And she just like smiles and walks off and the waitress kind of looks and she shakes her head. She gives some answer and I'm just like, what in the hell did you just do? Are you kidding me? And no shit, 30 seconds later, they yell out our name, party of four. I'm like, oh my gosh, that worked. So we sat down, we eat our meal, delicious. We're getting ready to roll to the concert. Right before we're paying, the table that was before us sat down to start their meal. So I was like, damn, one, badass. Two, saved us the opening act, maybe some of the concert. And then we were off doing our thing and so I, there's no way that i have the sack to do that i don't know why that's just what i just couldn't do it i just couldn't muster up the courage i guess to to go ask somebody to see us earlier and uh yeah no shit we we paid her and went about our way so uh good for her good for her that's all i can say
0: it's impressive it's it's absolutely impressive uh
1: I'll say this. I'll say this. She gets it honest. I remember when we were first like we were either dating or married, but we were on like a family vacation. This is one of my first exposures to her family. And we were down in Gulf Shores, I think and we went to this pretty famous restaurant uh, and they were slam packed. And I watched her father do the same thing. And I was just like, bow at your feet at this God you have got us a table and you slid them some money and it was like the most G shit I've ever seen. And so and she gets it honest. us. So one day, my kids will be sliding somebody money eating early. That's all I can say.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that you know, that's one of those things. All they can say is no, I guess, or throw you out of the restaurant. So you already ain't, you already haven't, you're, you know, you, you're you pretty much already in there. So, uh, you know, You're not going to lose a whole lot, except maybe you don't get to eat at all. So I don't. I like it. I would agree with you. That is something that I would. I would not probably do, but I would also not object to someone doing. Uh, where I get the benefit of it. So, um, mine is different, but it also comes with a story. So, um, my wife does yoga. Does it has done it for many years and we hadn't been married for too, too long. We up in New York uh, with Dak uh, in the army up there, old Fort Drum, as your beautiful background. Uh, climbed to yeah, climb to glory.
1: Yeah. Uh, to glory.
0: And. You know, it's Valentine's Day and my wife says, you know what? It'd be great. There's a Valentine's Day yoga class. You can come to my yoga class with me. Now, old old Dave doesn't do a whole lot of yoga. Now, I don't frown upon it as much as I used to because, hey, I am not flexible. So, flexibility equals durability. I know a lot of people that are really, really good athletes or, or extremely strong that swear by things like yoga as a recovery. But, um, yeah, old Dave definitely did do yoga back then. So, I. <laughs> I show up to this yoga class in fucking basketball shorts because that's all I got. <laughs> it's like I got my and one shorts on or whatever. And uh, you could just tell the, the this older lady, you know, the, the, your typical like quintessential yoga instructor. She's got really short hair, like gray hair. She's older, super fit. And she's like, you know, she starts the class out and she says, if anyone...
1: I'm sorry to interrupt. I don't know what kind of yoga videos you've been watching. That's not what the instructor looks like.
0: (laughs) No, it's no, it's like, you know, you're, she's like old hippie. Like, I don't know what kind of yoga videos you're watching. I guess is the (laughs) question we need to answer. Well, you may want to clear your browser history after this. Um, anyways, uh, she says, if anyone, if you ever feel like you don't know what to do, you know, in, you know, with the pose or whatever in the class, just go to child's pose, which f- for those of you who have done yoga and I hadn't done yoga, that's where you lay on your, like, on your knees and you just bow forward and you just, you know, look like an idiot. So.
1: I thought that was cow. Nope.
0: Nope. No, I I won't, I won't, uh, you know, I won't do it on camera, although we probably would get more views if I did. Uh, anyways, so as the class keeps going on, she's starting to get a little bit more intricate and in all the shit that she's trying to get us to do. But she keeps saying, if you don't know what to do or can't do the pose, then just go to child's pose and I realize she's shit-talking me. She's shit-talking me in front of every all these people. Like, all these people look like they belong. I'm in there with fucking and one shorts on. And obviously, this old girl thinks that I don't know what to do because I don't, and that I should just go to child's post with the rest of the fucking class. But that's not who I am, girl. And so I, like, from then on, She's like, if she said anything about like, if you really want to like the more advanced poses, this my ass was going for it. I was trying to stand on my head like I was doing some wild shit. And from then on, I have never been invited back to uh, yoga with my wife, basically because I completely embarrassed her and uh, embarrassed myself. But, that, you know, that I'm not going to have this 60 year old woman like question my abilities. Like, come on now. You you want me to stand on my head, but you're going to shit talk me? I'll stand on my head. I'll do it right now. Let's go.
1: That's that's all it usually takes for, you know, people like us. You won't. Shit. That's up. Say no more. I'm going to do it. All right. I respect that. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, So now something your wife will do that you won't is yoga, period. Got it. Uh, I didn't have to stand on my head to tell you that I'm not doing freaking yoga. Uh, I haven't stretched in about six months. So
0: yeah, Hey, flexibility equals durability and I don't have either.
1: Uh, let's hit a few more topics before we wrap it up tonight and, uh, talking about stretching. Here's a stretch. The Aggies or the Hogs are going to win the the NCAA tournament. Psych, Not going to happen. But they may go to the SEC tournament and go deep, and they may go deep into uh, March Madness this year. But I want to pose this question to you, because we've been doing a lot of shit talking in the side piece here. Who's going deeper, Aggies or the Hogs? Period. My team versus your team. Who's going further in the NCAA championship tournament this year?
0: Just to, in case people aren't aware uh, of the current SEC men's basketball standings, and this was completely shock to everyone, Texas A&M is number two, with only three conference losses compared to Arkansas that has eight conference losses. So Texas A&M, if they win, and they were winning the tonight last time I checked, if they win tonight, they will lock in the number two or number one seed, no matter what, going into the championship.
1: They're, however, uh, they're six points up right now. I'm about to close it out, so yeah.
0: However, uh, that record is largely due to a fourteen and one record at home. They have a they have a less than five hundred record on the road and a less than five rec- five hundred record, in uh, neutral site. So uh, I, think, I think A&M definitely has the ability. They've shown that they have the team to go deeper. They've beaten Arkansas straight up. But being that they're not playing in Reed Arena, uh, that may put a little asterisk on old Dave's hopes for a and in the SEC championship.
1: Okay. All right. So, I don't know what you just said there. All I heard was wah, wah, wah. A lot of wafering back and forth, and hogs are going deeper. That's that's what I took from that.
0: No, a and definitely going deeper. A&M is definitely going deeper.
1: Yeah, What's the bet? 30 rack. All right, done. Of choosing. Boy, do I have some expensive-ass beers for you to buy.
0: Well, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. You need to be worried about your team and what they're going to do. Hey, are they winning against Tennessee tonight?
1: No, they're getting the shit blown out of them. That was great shit talking there. I'm not worried about it. You should be worried about it. I'm not worried at all. You worry.
0: Your mom's worried about it.
1: You're fucking stupid. All right, all I've got to say, back-to-back Elite Eights, they've got the coach. And, oh, by the way, they've got the players, Anthony Black, and then one of the best players in the league right now, the league, in college basketball, in Nick Smith Jr., uh, who is back with the Hogs. Your, your ass is grass, baby. You're done. Uh, and, yes, we are losing to Tennessee right now. So, if that's okay, noted.
0: Uh, Tennessee are, is not the top team in the SEC, and they're not the number two. I think they're the number four.
1: You no, know, they're number 12 in the country, so. There you go. And we should have beat Alabama last week. No, not even last week, like a couple days ago. Lost 86-83 against, what, number two team in the country? Should have had that dub. Your ass is done. I'm going to start searching for the most expensive beer that I can find that comes in a 30-rack. I don't even care if I like it.
0: It's got to come in a straight-up 30-rack. You can't be like, oh, you have to buy – uh, you have to buy, you know, seven and a half singles or, you know, seven and a half four know. packs or whatever. Sorry. Math again. Wow.
1: One, two, three beer. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the Bay Hill, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, and then let's get the hell out of here. All right.
0: Bay Hill Classic, Scotty Scheffler defending his title there. And uh, this is going to be a star-studded affair. Top out of the top fifty people in the golf world, uh, forty-four are showing up for this shindig. It's pretty cool.
1: Hey, we talked we talked about this last week. It's about the name, the name on the title. Forty-four out of fifty said, "Yeah, fuck yeah, I'll play at the Arnold."
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, two weeks before the players, then obviously we got Augusta coming up in a uh, in, in a. You know, a month or so—I guess a month—and you know it's uh it's tough. Who are your picks? Who are you thinking? Obviously, there's like the standouts, but who are you thinking is has a good shot at at doing well this week?
1: All right, so maybe a homer pick here, probably so, probably will not win. Uh, as you said, Scotty's on a run. A couple other dudes on a run that we've talked about in the weeks past, but I'm gonna go you're going to see two dudes that are just uh, uh men of the people here uh and that's big dick rick ricky fowler's going deep and jt's going to play extremely well so uh probably in reverse order i think jt finishes high uh, top 5 hopefully can snag a win there
0: okay yeah um both have done you know kind of they're they're you know Ricky obviously he is his and kind of his comeback tour here he's done yeah he has done uh, better than a lot of people had expected which good for him and, and good for getting out there JT's been kind of fading I guess as uh, uh but he's still like he's um, top twenty five in the last three tournaments or four tournaments straight so definitely a good pick uh. You know he's had some issues with other parts of his game, but he you know he's uh he's doing what he needs to do to stay in contention, so I like those picks. Um I'm gonna go longer odds here. I'm gonna go Keegan Bradley. Keegan Bradley plus seventy five hundred right now.
1: Is this a bet of the week, or like you think this dude has a flying shot in hill?
0: Sure, sure. Throw five bucks on it. Throw five bucks on it. Win two hundred, plus seventy five hundred. He's finished in the top fifteen the last two years. He lives in Florida. He's got, um, he's done well. And then Tommy Fleetwood, plus eight thousand to win. In in six appearances, he's placed in the top ten twice and the top twenty five twice. So. They love this course. uh. So, you know, throw a couple bucks, you know, maybe that they finish in top 25 or whatever. Get them, they're plus 7,500 to win. Maybe get them at plus, you know, 300, 400. Good deal.
1: Hey, there you go. I like it. Um, I mean, I kind of hope Homa wins. I'd like to see Max Homa continue his, you know, journey here. That's really cool. He seems like the dude. Um. But I want to ask you this, just outside of the the Arnold here. Who's the best golfer in the world right now?
0: John Rom. It's not even close. 100%. He's won, what, three times this year. He's, he's played in nine events. He's won three of them. He's never finished outside the top 25. And I think, uh, you know, of the ones that he's played in, like 90% of them, he's either won or finished in the top 10. John Rom, 100%. He's on fire, unreal.
1: I like it. Okay, well, uh, I'm going to try to catch you off your toes, and I wanted to wrap this episode up, and I'm going to pitch it to you for a safety brief. Dave, go.
0: Okay, my safety brief this week comes from a personal experience. Yeah, personal experience of mine. Uh, you got to get up pretty, pretty early in the morning uh, to get past me. And... Uh, which you do, you get up earlier than I do. So I guess that doesn't really play here, but I do have a safety brief. And that safety brief is, you know, and this this is going to the other, other part of the t-shirt, you know. Uh, I won't say kindness is free. That's not my safety brief, although that is definitely true. I will say that in life, in life, there should be just a like a good dude rule. Like if you're a good dude or a good person, not you know, not to be gender specific, just be a good person rule. If someone comes up to you and asks you to do something that is of marginal effort, just say yes, like fucking blow their mind away and say, yeah, I'll take care of it. Don't fight them for it. Cause I had an experience this week and it was just bananas. It was like, Hey, I need, can you do, I never met you before in my life, but, um, you know, I'm in the army, you're in the army. We both have to do this thing. Uh, I need your help with this. Cause it's going to make the team better. And people just look at you like you, you know, like you're, you're just growing horns out of your forehead. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. What you should do instead is just make the world better, make the team better. Just say, all right, I got you and just go for it because then you're going to have an ally. Instead. It's going to be, cause I inevitably I'm, I'm just going to write you down. You go in the list and it's not the kill list. It's the list of can't count on you for shit. And I, I just I refuse to, you know, you got one shot with me and, you know, just just say yes. It's all right. It's easy. If I was asking for the world and you said no, that's a totally different story. But if all I'm asking for you is a couple minutes, just say yes. So when your coworker tomorrow comes up to you and says, hey, can you do this for me? Just say yes. Make their day. You don't know what you don't know what that will do for that person to take care of something or volunteer and say, "You know what? You're having a bad day. I'll take that off your hands." Do that. Make the world a better place and don't be a shitbag.